It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Welcome to Signal Boost. This is Jess McIntosh. I'm here with Zerlina Maxwell, and we are joined right now by one of our favorite people to talk to, especially on a week like this. It is the senior advisor and chief spokesperson for the vice president, Kamala Harris, Simone Sanders. Thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. I am well. How are you guys? Like every day so, is a blessing. Know. I'm still here. Every day I sit next to a window and I watch the sun come up as we come on air. And I I'm blessed, you know? I'm just, I'm grateful to be be here and to have my family. And I know that so many people don't have that right now. So I guess maybe that's my first question. As we sit here um, in the pandemic years, which we've now had to add the S to because it's over a year um, we've been in this um, crisis, um, where, where does the administration um, assess our progress in terms of getting out of this pandemic, getting, you know, on the right track ahead of this Delta surge. Um, the numbers are a little bit better, but where do you all see our status? I think it's a good question. Um, and while one death is one death too many, um, we are in fact making progress, but the best, the best way that we can, in this pandemic, that we can truly, um, uh, you know, get back to a place where we're not taking our masks off, where we can see our loved ones, is for everyone to get vaccinated. Now, yesterday, President Biden received his, or yesterday, oh my goodness, it's Wednesday. On Monday, President Biden received his <laughs> his booster shot, and yesterday, um, we did announce that more than four hundred thousand Americans have received a COVID booster shot at pharmacies over the weekend. So those are, the boosters are for Americans who qualify, those 65 or older, those 18 or older with that are immunocompromised or have underlying conditions or work in a, uh, in a, in a high risk area or live in a high risk environment, 18 and older. But the boosters are for the folks that have already gotten the vaccine. And so we do still need people to get vaccinated. And that is why you have seen um, the White House, uh, the Labor Department, uh, companies across the country institute vaccine requirements because they work. And I think we are going to continue to see more of that. The president hosted companies at the White House about two weeks ago who have instituted these vaccine requirements. I mean, we're talking about places like Microsoft, Disney, even Fox News. Mm -hmm. um, so vaccine requirements work and vaccines are what are going to end this. So people have to get vaccinated. And if for nothing else, do it for the children. I think the last time we spoke, I talked about how children are filling up ICU beds across the country. Yeah. And unfortunately that's still true. You know, Pfizer, yes, um, the, we've, we've seen the reports just as you all have that they plan to uh, apply for uh, FDA, um, uh, FDA approval, uh, if you will, for their vaccines, authorization, pardon me, for their vaccines for children under the age of 12. 
but that hasn't happened yet. And I know millions of parents are anxious out there to get their children vaccinated. But in the interim, the best thing we can do to protect our kids is for the adults in their lives to get vaccinated and for everyone to wear a mask and social distance. I mean, it feels like this is this is the same advice that we have gotten for <laughs> for several months now. I've been kind of heartened to see the uptick in vaccinations that's happened quite recently. In in my mind, that seems to be attributable to the fact that places are are putting in mandates, companies are putting in mandates. You know, New York City has a mandate that basically says you can't go inside anywhere unless you can show your vaccine card. It, do, do you believe that that's what's causing the uptick in in folks finally deciding to get their vaccine? Is it is it simply being allowed to go into the places that they want to go or is something else happening? Yes, I do. Look, vaccine um, requirements, they work. And um, the, the president spoke about this in early September and he talked about the pandemic politics um, are making people sick and they are, the, the, the politics of the pandemic, if you will, are causing unvaccinated people to die. It's, it's not necessary. Every, virtu- virtually, every person who is hospitalized or has died from COVID-19 in the last couple of months, um, who was hospitalized due to COVID vaccine and died from COVID in the last couple of months, virtually every one of those people was unvaccinated. A vaccine can save your life can save your loved one's life, can save a friend's life. So yeah, I think that vaccine requirements are an important piece of this. And um, the White House is, is, is glad to see uh, the private sector taking this up. And the White House is leading by example. And the federal government um, has taken this up as well. So yesterday, switching topics a bit, we celebrated National Voter Registration Day, which is my favorite holiday. Yep. Um, <laughs> talk to me about how those how those efforts went and how are you feeling about like enthusiasm on the ground? Yesterday was was a great day. I think so many things are happening. And I want to make sure that folks saw that um, the vice president, she visited George Mason University. And she met with students and young leaders and, and, and young people who are actually registering people to vote. And her visit um, coincided with the White House's release of new steps that are being taken by federal agencies to really respond to President Biden's executive order earlier this year that called for an all of government action to promote, to promote voting access and really further the ability of all eligible Americans to participate in our democracy. So it was a good day. Um, she, the vice president popped into a classroom uh, and took some questions from students. She went out on the yard and visited the voter registration table in the rain. There were hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of students that came out who were excited to see um, the vice president, and she made the case really that Congress should pass the Freedom to Vote Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act to protect the vote. So this um, voter, National Voter Registration Day isn't a one-off for uh, this White House. This is something that we have been focused on uh, for a, a very long time, given evidence of the president's executive order. And then yesterday's uh, release of the steps that federal agencies are taking to implement that executive order. It also seems like this particular moment requires um, action from Congress. I mean, as a voter, when I'm just watching, mm-hmm. 
not even as an analyst. I'm like, it feels like, you know, the federal legislation being considered, um, you know, it's to help protect voters who are going to be harmed by state laws that have been passed in Arizona, uh, in Texas, uh, in Georgia, in Wisconsin, in Pennsylvania. I mean, all the battleground states, interestingly enough. Um, In terms of you know, the White House, I mean, there is a lot going on. I mean, basically, this week is like the week where all of the things are happening on Capitol Hill. But from the perspective of the White House, you know, say on Friday morning, we all wake up and things have happened on Thursday. Um, I'm not even going to predict what could happen on Thursday, but things right. have happened. But on things, movement things will happen. has happened. Thing, look, um, we're all working together to get this Yes, time. exactly. We're working together yeah, to get right. this done. So, so things, and, and, you know, the president, um, you know, there was reporting this morning, uh, Simone, that, that I'm sure you're aware the president is, um, you know, digging in and going to have candid conversations with the two senators, um, Cinema and Manchin. But once Thursday comes and goes... Is voting rights the next thing? Because as a voter, it feels like that is very high up on the priority list for me uh, personally. Um, but but I'm curious as to the White House uh, position and in in terms of the prioritization of all of these critical issues um, that need to um, have a legislative solution. So... Uh- a good question and a couple of things. So first and foremost, we do believe that the White, from the White House's perspective, the president and vice president have said this repeatedly. Senior administration officials have been uh, have said this and have been engaged on this. Uh, Congress needs to act urgently. And it is specifically when it comes to voting rights, because we know that our democracy is stronger when everyone participates as the vice president often says, and it is weaker when anyone is left out. So while it is important for Congress to pass bold reforms and the president and vice president are going to continue to call on Congress to do just that, because we're talking about making voting more equitable, more accessible for all Americans. The president and vice president also realized that we can't wait to act. And so yesterday's release um, of these strategic plans were just the beginning of each agency in the federal government's commitment to promoting um, voter participation and nonpartisan voter registration because it's important and it's key mm-hmm. and it is critical. Now, when it comes to um, the, the Build Back Better agenda, the bipartisan infrastructure deal, um, I'm not going to prejudge any outcomes, okay? But mm-hmm. you all, I didn't make an, you didn't hear a prediction yes. from me. I was like, I don't know <laughs> exactly. what's happening. <laughs> exactly. No one here was going to prejudge any outcome. But we will say, I, yeah, I would be remiss if I didn't remind folks from, who are listening to this program that poll after poll shows mm-hmm. that the American people feel we have to seize this moment. And seizing this moment means we have to change the game for families to ensure our economy delivers for everyone, delivers for the middle class and not just for those at the top. Um, Congress, though, and the White House has been clear that while this bipartisan infrastructure negotiate, negotiations are happening, while we're, we're pushing to advance the Build Back Better agenda, we have not let up in pushing for voting rights. Uh, the vice president has been highly engaged on this. The president has been highly engaged on this. And this is uh, um, 
this is something of the utmost importance to this White House. Both the president and vice president have a history. Uh, when uh, President Biden was Senator Biden, he presided over the longest uh, reauthorization of the, the Voting Rights Act in history. They reauthorized the, the Voting Rights Act and they extended it for about 25 years. And that was until the gutting of uh Shelby Beholder. Shelby Beholder. So in 2013. So I just will will not 2013. Lord, Lord. <laughs> we <laughs> all the coffee, all the coffee before the gutting of Shelby Beholder. So I will just say that this is a priority for this administration, and um, this isn't something we're going to let up on. The president and vice president have been clear. Congress needs to act, uh, and they have each used their bully pulpit to elevate this issue, but also elevate the work that people are doing across the country. And I think that is, it is of the utmost, utmost importance. I'm thinking about all of the individuals and activists and advocates that the vice president has hosted in her ceremonial office around voting rights. I'm thinking about mm -hmm. all of the people that she's met with uh, as she's traveled across this country, young people, activists and advocates, who has said thank you to this White House for continuing to elevate this issue. I'm thinking about the leaders that the president and vice president have hosted in the Roosevelt Room, um, the very candid conversations that have been had around this topic. So we are not letting up uh, at all. And yes, Shelby Beholder, 2013. <laughs> I mean, OK, how frustrating is it? <laughs> To have an agenda, I mean, the agenda that the Biden-Harris administration is trying to get past this week is one of the most aggressive agendas that we have ever seen a president try to implement, especially in their first term. But it, I mean, it meets the unprecedented crises mm -hmm. that our country is currently facing. But like this is a big, big package and it is overwhelmingly popular. It is popular by a 30 point margin like I did not actually think it was possible to want to remake the American economy in a way that worked for people and didn't just shovel money at corporations and the ultra wealthy <laughs> that that much of America would get behind. Like, I didn't know that we had it in us. That's very exciting. How frustrating must it be to not be able like, to still have to do all of the work that you guys are doing this week to get this overwhelmingly politically popular agenda enacted like america needs it america wants it america voted for it what why can't we have it now <laughs> well look the reality is that there's a process here and both the president and vice president um uniquely understand that process they both served as members of the united states senate the president served for decades as a senator and from his experience and i would also argue the vice president's experience they both have a real appreciation of the process. The president has a real appreciation and a knowledge of how to deal with members and congressional leadership in good faith. So this is, I'm sure the process uh, may, the sausage making, if you will, may look a little uh, haphazard to folks watching, but this is, this is part of the process. And while we're not gonna, gonna prejudge any outcomes, um, we have been working very, very hard to get this done for the American people for the reasons that you noted. Um, it is, this is a moment that is critical that we have to seize on in recovering from one of the worst, truly one of the worst downturns in our history 
And this is an opportunity to to change the game. You've heard the president talk about this. You've heard the vice president talk about this. And um, specifically changing the game for families who have been working harder than they ever have before. People, frontline work. I mean, just think about the last year and a half that we have had. Um, and even prior to the pandemic, because as the vice president often says, the pandemic has only shown a spotlight on the on the crack on on the cracks and the fissures in our society that had long since existed prior to the pandemic. So we know that there are families and individuals and middle class folks all across this country who've been forced to play by a different set of rules than those at the top. So we are confident that the Build Back Better agenda um, is. Is, one, we're confident that it is popular and widely supported by folks across the country, but that we we are going to be able to get something done. We're working very hard to get it done. We're not prejudging any outcomes. We're working very hard to get it done. And, and uh, the sausage is being made. I mean, I think people are often surprised when they get a close view, <laughs> uh, a closer view of, of how the sausage is made. And they're like, what a mess. And I'm like, it's, it's kind of always like it's sausage, this. It's like <laughs> it, it, it's sausage. And that's why that's the expression people use <laughs> when they're talking about legislation, because, you know, it can be a little bit complicated and then something gets done uh, in the end um, we hope as Americans for the benefit of voters not even in a partisan way just because we're in a pandemic and a lot of these things we need uh, no matter what yeah um, yeah I mean it's critical <laughs> so I know you all understand the we are negotiating what I can tell you is we're negotiating in good faith and negotiating with a wide range of, of, of members um, on a spectrum of views. Mm -hmm. Uh, last week, I think every <laughs> possible reiteration of members made their way up to the White House for a meeting with the president. So the president is deeply and actively engaged um, on this. He's been directing the strategy and engaging this process. And look, the sausage is being made and everyone is working very hard uh, to get this done. Are you one one oh, additional ahead, thing, just before we move on to a different topic, though, I want to remind folks um, or have Simone <laughs> remind folks what's in this sausage, um, because one of the things that we've talked about on this show a lot um, about is we often start this conversation about the budget uh, negotiations by talking about the fact that the bill is $3.5 trillion. Uh, they can't come to an agreement on the $3.5 trillion bill. Okay. Um, that doesn't help me understand as a voter, though, how the bill's going to help me. So for, you know, I think it's always important to go through this list because there are real things that are going to help you at home. So Simone, do you want to just do the, uh, the, the rundown of some of the benefits, the tangible benefits people will, will feel, um, you know, if this bill is able to become the law? Yes. Now I will note that there are, we are talking about two bills um, and two pieces of legislation. So Correct. there's a bipartisan yes, yes. infrastructure deal. And then there is um, the rest of the Build Back Better agenda, which will be passed through a vehicle called reconciliation. But the, the, the totality of the agenda is infrastructure. <laughs> but as in the words of Vice President Kamala Harris, infrastructure is all the things you need to get to where you need to go. Um, infrastructure, all the things you need to live and work. And so, yes, infrastructure is uh, roads and bridges and money for transportation. And that is what we're talking about. We're also talking about childcare. We are also 
talking about broadband or high-speed internet. We're also talking about uh, at lowering education costs. We're talking about lowering prescription drug costs. These bills will lower healthcare costs. Uh, these bills will lower housing costs. These bills will cut taxes for families with children. These bills will cut taxes for workers without children, okay, covering everybody. These, mm -hmm. these bills um, create jobs. We're talking about workforce training, clean energy jobs, investments in teachers and schools. I could go on, but this agenda is an ambitious plan to really, if you want to boil it down to three buckets, to create jobs. And these are good paying union jobs. These are good paying clean energy jobs. Um, these are good paying jobs. Um, to cut taxes, um, no one, no one, no middle class family, no one making under $400,000 a year is going to see their taxes go up under this plan. This plan is entirely paid for by taxing the wealthiest people in this country. That's a plan. That's a promise that the president and vice president made on the campaign trail. That's a promise that they're going to keep. And this plan is going to lower costs. This is really, um, not only is it ambitious, it is what looking at the last 40 years of the way um, folks have approached the economics in this country, this is really an opportunity to flip it all and make this government work for the people. And government should be able to work for the people. And this administration is set out to 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 really demonstrate that and illuminate that for people. And so that is that you you see that in a number, you see that you saw that in the American Rescue Plan. Uh, folks saw that in the $1,400 checks that they got. You saw that in the ambitious vaccination plan that we've undertaken. The government should work for the American people and the Build Back Better agenda uh, is, is, is going to benefit families and working people across this country. I, I was so gratified when we had the vice president on our show and she mm -hmm. explained that this was about creating an economy that was stronger than the one that was decimated by the pandemic and Trump's mismanagement. And that is the agenda that you campaigned. I, I remain, I, I don't think I've ever seen an administration try to enact an agenda that was so identical to the one that they campaigned on. I think that might be one of the reasons why it is so popular. We are already so invested in this. Like you campaigned on exactly the things that are on the line this week. It even has the same name as the campaign. Like, this is what we all voted for. So I, you know, I just, I know that you guys are doing the, the, the really, really tough work this week. This is an incredibly frustrating week, I'm sure, for, for all of us trying to follow along at home. Even those of us who, who follow along for a living are having a hard time following along. Um, I'm sure it's frustrated for all of the voters as well who just want to see the things that we all worked really hard in November to ensure got passed, get passed. So I guess it's not really a question. It's just to thank you for doing this work because that's that's what America needs right now. And I think it's it's what we all know that we need. We all know that we need these things. You don't get to a 30 point margin without a considerable number of people who don't even identify as hardline Democrats. Like you, you got to have Republicans in that number to get numbers of that kind of popularity. So uh, thank you for persevering, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and for yes. continuing for continuing this fight, even even when things even when things look really frustrating. Well, we appreciate you guys. Look, the president and vice president are committed to getting this 
done, to getting something done for working people in this country, um, to making the wealthy pay their fair share. I guess I guess the last thing I'll say is this. You know, um, maybe two weeks ago at this point, uh, yep, two and a half, maybe two and a half weeks ago, there was a memo that went to um, the Hill, members of Congress, offices on the Hill, communication offices that, that, that talked about our approach here. And we currently face a fundamental question. Whose side are we on? Are we on the side of working people? Are we on the side of hardworking families? Are we on the side, like, do we, who do we stand with? Are we standing with and what do we stand for? Do we stand for workers' rights, women's rights, voting rights, immigrant rights? Who are we with? And the president and vice president have unequivocally been clear about who they stand with, who who we are working for, why this is so important. And this agenda is an answer, is a like is an answer to that fundamental question. This agenda is clear on who we stand for and who we are fighting for. And I am proud to be a part of an administration um, that has planted their flag so squarely on the side of working people in this country. Hmm. Yeah. Thanks for having done that. Simone Sanders, I know you've got a big day. So yes. <laughs> we'll let you we'll let you get to it and we will uh, we will obviously have you back on to discuss whatever happens at the end of this week uh, whenever we're able to. But we appreciate you joining us this morning. Indeed. Thank you so very much. We'll be back tomorrow with another Signal Boost podcast. Thanks for listening.